1: Welcome to the McCovey Croncast, the only San Francisco Giants podcast on SB Nation. I'm Brian Murphy, who has come down with something the government COVID test tells me is not COVID. So forgive my voice, which might be stranger than usual. With me is Doug Brizzoni, who writes his own Giants blog, giantsdoug.substack.com, and who I can
0: only hope is COVID free as well. Doug, I'm violating HIPAA to ask, are you COVID free? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I actually also have something that I came down with. Well, someone at my work uh, yesterday turned out he, uh, he he left. Sorry, I don't want to violate HIPAA also. He left, and then I was told he would be out for 10 days. Uh, so I gave myself a test when I got home yesterday, and it was negative. And then I got sick today. So, But he's on the IL. So he's on the IL, he's on yeah. The IL. <laughs> uh, well, We're calling someone else up that's right uh
1: well yes and then i was told yesterday when i was talking to someone on the phone uh who works in medicine that yeah something's going around and i would just assume it's a cold so it, it, it feels, feels like, like a cold, cold to me yeah,
0: yeah. it's exactly like every cold i've ever had um, yes and this is exactly the discussion by the way that our listeners are in for they love it <laughs> they want us to talk about the giants which who right now feel like a head cold
1: uh, right now, what a segue! Uh, yes, we are talking about the Giants' past week. We're actually recording it right after their two to one loss on Saturday against the Padres, guaranteeing the series loss. Um, we're a quarter into the season somehow. Surprisingly, seems like it's both gone by very quickly and also kind of at the same. It feels like forty games, but also I can't believe it. Can't believe we're almost in June. Uh, but before we get to any like this past week. So there's some other Giants and Giants uh, adjacent news. I want to talk about the thing that all the other Giants sites and media have already gotten into. And that was the, the idea of the Giants trading for Juan Soto if he becomes available. Yes. Yes. They should
0: trade for him. (laughs) Uh,
1: That was, that was Bleacher Report. Uh, uh, Doug, your Doug. Doug Grant wrote about this in the athletic, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners, there's some overlap there read the article too which basically says exactly that the giant should absolutely trade the entire farm system for one Soto, were he to become available and and so we're not going to like delve into all this uh like it's already been examined it's also just basically a a, a kind of a bs rumor it's not a rumor it's just uh buster only you know uh whoring for clicks i guess is i don't know if (laughs) whoring Uh, an appropriate term to use anymore, but you know, he he's fishing for clicks. There we go. So, uh, and so he basically asks scouts and maybe some junior executive executives, or maybe uh, an exec who soused, but (laughs) so, you know, he, he could just get someone spitballing and then, you know, because of the cloak of anonymity, he'll get him to say whatever. And, you know, the nationals are in the tank. The, the owners are, you know, leaning towards selling the team, because they've already won their championship. Uh, they're going to make a lot of money if they sell. So, Doug, I, I guess this is a pro and con. My composition is, no, it's fine. <laughs> uh, and and
0: why? Why? Just tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, if you can get a Hall of Famer in his prime, you should do that? Yes. I, that's that's the argument. Like, Kyle Harrison will probably be a good player, right? Marco Luciano will probably be a good player. Neither of them has done what Juan Soto's done. Neither of them is, you know. If you were to take bets, Juan Soto is the much safer bet. And besides, this front office, by the way, where do they find their value by picking up minor league free agents who then become moderate stars for two to three years? You don't need a, you don't need to, to have prospects to do that. You can just take someone else's discarded prospects and sort through the refuse and find the the diamond ring someone threw away. And you also get a guy like
1: Farhanzadeh to run the team to avoid what bobby evans was unable to avoid which is we're going to trade our best prospects who can contribute to a major league team to get a player who currently can and provide the value we're looking for because we have to believe in our efforts to basically restock the farm you know we're trading brian reynolds to get andrew mccutcheon because we also think once Andrew McCutcheon passes, we've got the next Brian Reynolds in line. That's, that's the hope. Because the, the long-term, which GMs always do, you know, the good ones do think of those terms. You know, Zayde coming in and having to basically clean up someone else's mess and clear out the bad contracts, this is not a bad contract, Juan Soto. I'm just saying you're tying one hand behind your back and you're hoping that all of your margin moves to support Juan Soto... Uh, work out just as well as they've been working with no with no backstop now, with no farm. I mean, know? I'll
0: also point out, this is uh, exactly the Dodger strategy, which was you build up your farm, you don't give out too many ruinous long-term contracts, and then when you're able to acquire Mookie Betts, you trade for Mookie Betts. Um,
1: well, well the, so then that's the other part. I mean, now we're going into this, but to me, that's the thing. I don't think that he's importing the Dodgers model. I think he's importing the A's model. The evil genius of the Dodgers, it's not genius, the evil, (laughs) the pure evil of the Dodgers is that they took the Rays and the A's and they took Stan Kasten's uh, money and they said, listen, there are, I have a bunch of cheapskate friends in my circle who would gladly give us their good players with the bad contracts strapped to them. Let's just do that. And, And in the case of Mookie Betts, in that case, it was, they've deemed a good player's contract was bad. And the and the Dodgers were able to swoop in, so I, I guess what I'm saying is I I agree to some extent, but I also don't see the Giants being in that same position where they're going to be getting Adrian Gonzalez and Carl Crawford. You know what I mean? Like I don't see them doing those types of things. You know, Patrick Corbin attached to Juan Soto, I believe, was a, a so one idea that was floated out there. But you're saying let's let's the Giants are going to add fifty or sixty million dollars on two players and they're going to they're going to trade five or six prospects like I, I just don't see that happening it seems too it seems like it completely blows up the plan you know if you're just signing Bryce Harper for money and you're losing that draft pick that's that is definitely one whole other side of the discussion but if you're blowing up your own long-term plan um you know your next 3 years you know when you've got Juan Soto under contract two two years that that's affected now. Kyle Harrison, uh, you know, next year or the year after is not there. So now you're hoping that someone else has come up, or you're just going to have to add now on the free agent market. And now we're into the surrounding bonds with with good free agents, and we've recreated the early 2000s. Suddenly, uh, that's what I. That's why I'm like, I just don't see it happening. But you're you're right. I'm conceding. I concede the point. But we needed to raise it. It's important to talk about these things. If you put them in that lineup right now, like if today Juan Soto was in the lineup today, I mean, first of all, the the Giants just win every game. That's yes,
0: hundred percent the games. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> uh, Maybe more. Maybe they win yes. the games
0: Other t- two other teams. Play. That's
1: that's right. You know, uh, because you look at their record right now, they're they're two or three games, depending on this. episode's going to come out on Monday. So I don't know if they're going to get swept. They're basically a Buster Posey away from keeping pace with their record from last year through 40 games, which makes sense because they they replaced they didn't replace Buster Posey. So you pop one Soto in that lineup and they're at least as good as they were already last year and they have one Soto in the lineup.
0: But now you know Also the- imagine one Soto and Brandon Belt hitting back to back in a lineup. Well, that's the thing would be like so annoyed. Yeah. They would yeah. be so annoyed. <laughs> You'd probably go what La Stella belt.
1: You'd probably go rough, and or you probably put Soto. But you, I don't know. I don't even want to think about it. But you also have to think uh, who who from the major league roster would be going. Who would be left? It'd be an interesting uh, challenge. I just think when you talk about the Giants getting rid of their pitching, I actually think their starting pitching depth is the interesting challenge for them. But anyway, Juan Soto would be a great ad for the Giants. I just don't think it's going to happen. But if they, oh no, weren't. it's not going to happen. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. It was a dumb
0: rumor. It's yeah. not going to happen.
1: Yeah. But it's fun to think about. Yes. Also, it is the one way it subverts my the sign that I insist I tap every time the Giants talk about or Giants fans talk about free agent hitters. You can trade for a good one. I never said you couldn't trade for them. Okay. What we should really get into positively: two bits of Giants news. I, I say it's positive because. Uh, at the end of the day, we're going to remember him for what he did on the field. That were great. Um, and that's Joe panic announced his retirement. Uh, finally, he's, he's like, Hey, I like being a dad. And this, and I made a nice little bit of money playing baseball. I think I'm going to do this for now and then figure out what's next. Uh, and I think all of those celebrations have happened, but I uh, have, there have been really nice spotlights on what he's done for the giants. Doug, Besides the World Series
0: double play, what are you going to remember Joe Panic for? Probably the two games at the start of the twenty eighteen season. Yeah, which were both won on Joe <laughs> Panic solo home runs, both one nothing wins at Dodger Stadium. That, that the only run in each game came from a Joe Panic solo homer. That's right. That's right. Uh, the, I
1: th- that was going to probably be my answer too. I I really wanted to add that I really enjoyed that he looked a lot like Buster Posey. <laughs> the The Buster Posey clonage aspect was fun. Uh, Gold glove and an all-star appearance, not too shabby uh, for the Giants farm. Uh, it's not that he was an afterthought. It's just you weren't thinking about Joe Panic in sort of the same breath and I remember sort of his emergence being like, hey, maybe the Giants have figured things out. Uh, I think a great up the middle defense between Panic and Crawford. Uh, that was that was great. I, that it made me very happy that the Giants had basically a, a homegrown infield for a very brief period of time, um, at least in 2015. That was a lot of fun. The other thing I wanted to point out, I didn't put this on the rundown, Tuck, but I want to know if you saw this. <laughs> we haven't uh, talked about a lot of uh, former Giants playing elsewhere this year um, because it just it would just be like every week we'd be going like, here's what Kevin Gossman did this week. Why didn't the Giants just resign him too? But uh, Johnny Cueto's back. He pitched a, a hell of a game uh, for the White Sox in his debut. But I wanted to point out that he has uh, purchased in the Dominican uh, an ambulance with 54 speakers in the back. Did you see this? I, I did see like this. The party, the, ambulance. Ambulance. Yeah. the party ambulance. The party ambulance. And... I don't know where it is. I don't know what it is about Johnny Cueto, but he, he's like a comedian who works in
0: joke areas that no one else thinks about. <laughs> no, he's, uh, a constant, he's a constant delight in ways that no one else can, du- can touch. Like, nobody's I, close to him. Can no, you know I mean? uh, I'll, I'll narrow it down. Probably for white
1: people or baseball fans. <laughs> and he's, he's a joy, and there's just something... That's a lot of fun about it. Uh, I mean, I still think about the fact that his horse died and there was something charmingly f- I mean, uh, charming about it. Even in death, he's able to find, I don't know. Uh, but Johnny Cueto with the speaker ambulance, which is apparent, it's a big, it's a fad. That's the word. We don't use that word anymore. So <laughs> we don't. I'm, I'm sounding very old today, but it's a, a fad. And I And I'm glad that he's on top of it <laughs> and using his, his Giants bucks to, uh, to bring some joy to the Island there. Um, (laughs) But I needed to point that out on top of the retirement talk too. Joe Panic, good giant Johnny Quaid, good giant. And it's good to both see them both giving to the world in other ways besides baseball. (laughs) All right. Now the Giants first 40 games of the season. Again, we're recording this when they're 22 and 17, they might be 23 and 17. When you hear this 22 and 18, Hmm. I kind of think that's most likely, but we'll see. <laughs> so, uh, that's uh, three games off their pace from 40 games last year. Like I said earlier, uh, Doug, first quarter of the season, what would be the one word you'd use to describe the Giants season to this point?
0: Well, you know, I've obviously been thinking about this for you know, I, at least 15 minutes since you told right. me we'd be doing it. That's right. And I think, I think my answer has to be good with mm. a question mark at the end. Mm-hmm. Like I like they're good, but it doesn't feel like they're good. You know they'll round they they'll run off a six game winning streak, and then they'll, they'll just look like garbage after it. And so yeah, you're like, I understand that they're technically good, but are they? <laughs> you know, well the 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 record indicates that they kind of are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Like everything is saying that they're good, but they don't feel good when they can't beat the Padres. I they fought they back. The they came back against the Padres, though, when it looked like, or
1: with two outs, when it really looked like they were they they weren't going to do it. Um, they they held the the Padres were very aggressive on Saturday, and they still held them to two runs. Um, no, I mean
0: the, they they do good things, but not enough good things to win, which is a problem.
1: When and you, you win. can't, yeah, and you can't really pin it on managerial decisions either. Uh, maybe you can. No it's like that that's not doing it. It's just players not performing. My word is yawn. They're boring. They're, they're just yeah. boring. I think, but I, to be fair, like it's, this isn't a criticism mode at this moment. It's just, I feel like the injuries come at these weird times. This, you know, Brandon Bell starts to get hot. He, then he's not playing every day. Jack Peterson was heating up. Then he had to go away. You know, I don't know what's going on with Brandon Crawford besides he's being old, but he's still playing good defense. His bat could get going, but I also think Brandon Crawford's bat probably heats up more easily if he's surrounded by hitters who are hitting better. (laughs) And Darren Ruff, I think is, you know, uh, Lamont Wade was starting to really weight it up. And then he, you know, he's got the knee problem. That's persisting. Darren Ruff is starting to get hot again. Uh, Yastrzemski looks like he's settling in, but he hasn't gone on a streak. And, I just think it's it's just things aren't quite meshing right now but not in such a way that you can point to like they're not hitting well. Okay. So what do you do about that? Oh, they're not pitching well. So what do you do about that? Well, you you're not in a position to go and it's just boring to watch them sometimes. They have big run big run games and even in these small games or these close games, it just doesn't seem like uh the pizzazz is there from last year. It's happening everything's happening in spurts. It's feeling very um churchy almost <laughs> like where we're standing up and sitting down and then we have moments where we're allowed to cheer or we're allowed to uh, act human. Um, I, I'm kind of lumping last week, this past week into this discussion now, just because they went to Colorado. They extended their winning streak in Colorado to 12 games uh, before Connor Joe um, beat them on the third game. But listen to Having that much success against the Rockies, this this feels like uh, in my day they did not, have <laughs> they did not have uh, this much success, and and Coors Field consistently a house of horrors, and so that this was
0: a good run. We should feel fortunate that we got to experience this, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you win twelve games in a row against any team in your division, and that's fun. Uh, for uh, you, not not for them. Yeah, the no, way. not for them, not for them. They um, did not enjoy that, which made it even more fun that they were <laughs> getting the vapors over it. Um. <laughs> the way the other teams in the
1: division really little brother, the the Giants and the Dodgers, um, I think the, the Diamondbacks are like the middle child that's kind of figured their own stuff out because they've actually won one. But anyway, it's just kind of amusing to think about. It's like, oh, yeah, Rockies fans and Padres fans have a legit beef with the other fan bases
0: because we do look down on them. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, we absolutely look down on them. Are you kidding me? Remember one year uh, on the podcast, we were previewing every NL West team and our preview for the Padres was all about the TV show Pitch. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which I, I think was a good decision. You know what? That was your idea, and I think you should stick with it. It was much more entertaining than talking about the actual Padres. I
1: mean, that one actually gave us a scoop in how the Giants had a hand in crafting a story. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Yeah, and I would do that again if that show was still there. But I, one more thing about the Rockies I need to say, because I don't know if I've made this explicitly clear. Can we... Talk about well, first of all, Connor Joe um has dealt with cancer and has survived that, has come through and as is, is clear right now. And and it caused him to sort of I heard Fire anxiety talking about this the other day on KBR. It's like it caused him like a justice like think, you know, think about life differently and, and as a consequence adjust just approach and all that. But can I just say with his long black hair you know he's like Thor out there. You know that the the difference between when he was with the Giants and now it's like this Connor Joe, <laughs> <laughs> like this one. This one came. To rock and the well, one that giants- are working blue, <laughs> That's right. I'll, I'll beep it out. Okay. So, uh, the, the one with the giants, uh, you know, that one, that guy was like, uh, you know, he was the rookie or, you know, and he was, he was very much like, I don't know if I should even talk right now but the the one of the Rockies, he's like, let's go. Uh, and it's, it's a very amusing to me to, to see that because it's night and day it's, and, and the, uniform, the uniform seems to make that more stark for me. Uh, anyway, so I got that out of my system. It's now done. I want to go over some numbers that stood out to me about the first 40 games of the season, because I think this is pointing to why they're kind of boring to me. They're not doing anything so terribly. Um, that you can, like I said, point to. But, th- I mean, they're doing things that are fine. They're third in runs scored behind the Dodgers and Angels. Did you know that? No,
0: it doesn't seem like it's right. but
1: That's right. It, it is. That's right. They are uh, eighth in home runs, uh, which is fifth. That's This is in baseball, by the way, these numbers. And then I'll break it down if I have to. They're fifth in the NL in home runs, eighth in, um, in Major League Baseball. Their eighth in OPS, uh, which is whatever, but you just wouldn't think about it to to look at them. This is the one that jumps out at me. I, everyone knows about the first and sec flies. The Giants have twenty one, uh, but they're second in walks.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. Like even still... like even Jock Peterson and Belt, even when they're not hitting, they're still drawing walks. If you sent that stat to 2009,
1: <laughs> Bruce Bochy, his head would grow half a size, meaning it would be three sizes normal.
0: <laughs> I mean, More if you to 2009, again. all the Smug Giants fans on the internet were like, well, I guess they finally fired Sabian and Bochy, so they were able to win something. <laughs> uh, so that's
1: kind of the, the top line stuff. Where it's where I look at it and I go, oh, yeah. I mean, there. It's also forty games into the season, and they're still. This is how they're standing out. Uh, they're because you know, one fifty. Uh, sorry, second in walks. They're, they're third in on base percentage in baseball behind the Mets and the Dodgers. Um, incredible, but yeah, like you said, you can see it when you watch their at bats. I just, I have not yet come over to the idea that the Giants
0: can do this. It still hasn't rewired my brain uh i mean this this is what farhan's finding players who he can do this is the thing that he is searching for uh even if they don't have power even if they're not uh technically good and just (laughs) please imagine I, i did put air quotes around good uh he wants guys who can control the strike zone who know the zone and so what you'll get when they're running bad is guys who take good at bats but can't do anything with the pitches they swing at the right pitches, they lay off the right pitches, but they're not good enough to do anything with them. That's how it feels like when they're running bad, like they are, like they have been the last few days. And on that note, wow, you just
1: provided a brilliant uh, transition here. So just twenty-five plate appearances at at the minimum barrels per plate appearance percentage. Jock Peterson's leading the team with thirteen point seven percent of his plate appearances have a barrel in them. And then uh, Yastrzemski, 7.1%, Brandon Belt, 6.7%. Those are the only players that are above league average. <laughs> uh, Brandon Crawford, Austin Slater, Kirk Casale, Darren Ruff, Wilmer Flores, Joey Barr, Jason Vossler, Tyro Estrada, Luis Gonzalez. These are 25 plate appearances, at least. All of them are like near the bottom of Major League Baseball, below average for sure, uh, in barrels per plate to- for plate appearance. They're just not hitting the ball hard once they are making contact or the ball's just not traveling. It could be a ball related thing or it's just 40 games (laughs) and, and their playing time has, has essentially been stuttered in a lot of these cases with injuries. The last note on offense I want to add is Tyro Strada. uh, Well, actually um, after Friday's game, the Joey Bart howls became louder from the fandom I still want to point out his walk rate is 14% compared to 45% strikeout rate. These are, that's not good. The 45%, but the 14%, which I know is going down, uh, is still kind of remarkable. And he does hit for power whenever he does make contact. He has like a spiritual cousin in Tyro Estrada. Who's, who's third in baseball number three on the list of all baseball players in ground ball rate at 59.3%. And you and he only has two double plays that he's grounded into because he's fast and he avoids being the back end of that double play. Um, so uh, to me, because to me, watching that game on Saturday, I was like, This is going to kill the rally because now instead of having a runner at second, you're just going to have another runner at first, but now with an extra out because Estrada is going to hit a ground ball that's not going to get out of the infield. Uh, but is but both of them sort of provide. Uh, above average defense or solid enough defense that you know why they're playing. And I think that's just adding to this whole like, eh, <laughs> like they do some things well and some things not as well. The things are not doing as well. That could just be timing. It could be uh, coaching and, and maybe it'll straighten itself out. Maybe it
0: won't. We'll find out over the next 40 games. Well, one thing about it? Joey Bart to me is that, you know, you've you, people will complain about him and you'll have the people who are like, well, you know, he's actually above average for a catcher in the Giants catching tandem is good. And the Giants catching tandem is good because Kirk Kazali has been on such a hot streak lately that he brings up all the numbers. Joey Bart's overall numbers, pretty good. But Joey Bart over the first week of the season, so like April 8th through 15th, uh, hit 333, 455, 722. Since then, he has hit 113, 266, 226. So you're saying they figured him out? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's you can you can be optimistic about him. You can say plenty of nice things about his potential, but he is absolutely not getting it done at the plate right now. Over the last month, um, and it's completely fair to point that out that the team has sputtered a little bit since then. You know, their their team is eight and ten in the games that he's appeared in since then, um, and that's you know you need players who can hit better than one thirteen. You just need that. Uh, so, so that is a,
1: a, I have a companion stat to that. What was their record when he, when he's catching for them? Eight and 10. Wilmer Flores, when he's plays third base, you know what the Giants record is? 13 to two. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> the Joey Bart question, why didn't they trade him sooner? As one, I feel like that's, that's coming into focus a little bit more in that we might have an answer of like, well, everyone else
0: saw what we're seeing now. They saw it well, already. Well, my theory on that is that they were going to trade him this last offseason. And, and then, then Posey retired. retired. Yeah. Um, because he he wasn't great in AAA, but he was good enough that a team would look at him and th- say, oh, we can fix him. There's still a lot there. And they would pay something worth paying, you know. And so then what, yeah, Poser retires and they're like, well, I guess he is the catcher now. Yeah. And then that he's played like the the whole thought process was, I guess it's Joey Bart.
1: And I don't disagree with that because once you move into that phase, you're empowering the player to not think, you know what I mean? You're taking away an anxiety. Yeah. So he can focus more. You have to hope I'm again, eight and 10. Okay. 18 games. That's a terrible judgment to make a, a base. So yeah, it's a terrible sample to base a judgment of player on. He does not look good. There's no question. If other Giants were hitting better, it would not be as terrible
0: a thing. Do you have any other offensive stats that you want to throw in there? Um, just that you know, for all the all the whining that we are doing about the offense right now, uh, through through Fr- these stats are through Friday's games because we were recording on Saturday and Fangraphs does not update immediately. Uh, the top of the top eleven of the eleven hitters who've gotten the most played appearances, for the Giants. According to fan graphs, the only one under 100 WRC plus is Brandon Crawford. Yeah. Like and the rest of them have all been above average. Even Tyro Estrada, 101. Joey Bart, 102. So, I mean, they have hitters, but they're just not – it seems like they're just not coming through together. To me, it feels like the, the offense is mostly based on, well, who's on a crazy hot streak today? Yeah. And then that's it. You know, it was Brandon Belt for a while. It was Jock Peterson for a little while. It was Tommy LaSalle for that one game in Colorado. But like, if you don't have that one guy who's just like, yeah, I'm going to be Babe Ruth for the next couple of days, then the offense has been sputtering. Or when other people
1: are struggling, they're still, if he's not hot, he's consistent because, you know, Lastelle followed that big game in Colorado up, I think with an 0 for 5. Yeah. Or, yeah, it's like. That's right. Yeah. And I think. I really think this all comes down to just no Buster Posey. <laughs> like all these problems seem to be solved by having a good hitter. Like Buster Posey in yeah. the lineup, yeah. Uh, versus this is versus last year, but okay. So, pitching wise, a couple of things to point out here. Baseball Prospectus has deserved runs created, and this was tweeted out. The Giants' uh, staff they have faced basically the best offenses so far. Just to go down the list, the qual the DRC plus of the team's pitching staffs have faced. Giants are number one. They faced 104. So. 4% above the league average. Kansas City Royals are next, 102. Texas Rangers, 102. Toronto Blue Jays, 102. And then this is the bottom. The bottom four are the Cubs at 98, the Padres at 98, the Rays at 97, and the Dodgers at 97. So the Dodgers have faced the easiest lineups, like the Those worst lineups. Cheating sons yes. of bitches. <laughs> So I and I so I saw that and I was like the only thing this this tweet is missing are the records of those teams. So I just went down the list. Let's go up the list. The Dodgers facing the worst lineups have a record of twenty six and twelve. The Rays twenty three and twelve. The Padres well now we know twenty seven and fourteen. The Cubs fifteen and twenty three. Now we get into the the top tier. The Blue Jays 21 and 18, the Rangers 18 and 20, the Royals 14 and 24, the Giants 22 and 18 and 17 after today's game. 22 and 17. So the Giants are actually playing, pitching the best against the best lineups. So so I just wanted to point that out because I'm going to have to edit this again. The Dodgers. Um, uh, and, and also to point out that as maybe not as sharp as the giants have been, especially in the bullpen, um, as we, we grew accustomed to somehow last year, uh, I feel like people just hit reset on 2019 and 2020. So- <laughs> or 2020, I'm like, that was a pretty bad bullpen to rebound from. <laughs> so the fact that they went from 2020s to last year's and this is somewhere in the middle, that seems about right, to be honest. But I just want to point that out because uh, pitching-wise, you know, your bullpen is going to be uh, less effective the, the more it has to cover your starters. And I don't think the starters are doing as great a job as they would have hoped or projected as getting, turning through the lineup right now that's why i've noticed through 40 games
0: yeah they haven't been going deep into games uh logan webb has been do- doing a good job of it but he's the only one yeah any uh pitching numbers that
1: stick out to you that you want to highlight
0: uh just that uh i had zach littell way too high on my bullpen trust ratings.
1: that's all <laughs> are you coming t- are you coming to the brebbia side <laughs> i yeah i think so i think i
0: have to he's forcing me
1: uh, well, we'll be doing uh, we'll be doing an update um in June once we uh get through this month. But I feel like the bullpen is where most of the analytical experimentation is happening. And I think once you start getting into theory versus theory, that once it faces reality, it can sometimes run into some trouble. So I'm sure they're doing some adjustments. Tyler Rogers is kind of what I'm thinking of, kind of in the back of my mind. But um, the Padres don't look like a good matchup for the Giants right now. They just, do not. No, and I don't know because Bob Melvin's their manager now. I don't know that the Giants can bank on an August and September meltdown.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm crossing my fingers. I still
1: believe in the Padres, but uh... it would be very funny though if the Giants just came out and admitted in September they're like that was our
0: our model was <laughs> our plan was that they would collapse. It's uh... worked so many times before. We'd be stupid not to count on it.
1: Uh, As much as Juan Soto is guaranteed to be good the next three years, we anticipated the Padres to melt down for the next three years. All right. We're going to come back and we're we're going to look ahead to the next 40 games. Uh, We didn't get a chance to do preseason predictions, so I guess this will be – we'll do it in in discrete segments like this. Uh, We'll be right back. All right. The Giants will – over the next 40 games, they've got 20 at home, 20 on the road – will play the Mets, Reds, Phillies, Marlins, Rockies, Dodgers, Royals, Pirates, Braves, Reds again, Tigers, White Sox, D-Backs. Uh, a nice variety, I guess, in there. The, seeing the Reds twice, that'll, that'll be nice. I all of the Reds are playing well right now. Uh, as of yesterday, they had one eight of twelve. So. Or as of uh, Friday, they had one eight of twelve. I guess this is you know, predicting baseball's tough, but also. The Giants, to me, I said they're boring or yawn, uh, snore, whatever it is, uh, for the one word to describe their first 40 games in the season. I also have a, a – I had a shower thought, Doug, of what the Giants are reminding me of at least this season. Um, they're CBS. They're <laughs> CBS. They, they, they put out a consistent product that just does well, but it doesn't wow you in any particular way. They know how to make baseball. It's not flashy. Um in some ways it's pandering to the broadest possible older audience. Um it has segments of comfort food. You know what you're going to get and at the end of the at the season it's going to it's going to either be the most watched network or it's going to have surprised all of its peers by its consistency. That's what I see. It as. I don't see any particular, you know, when I see 20 and 20, I'm not even cynically saying, or 40 games, I'm not even cynically sitting here and saying 20 and 20. I I feel like 25 and 15, and we're like, that's fine. Like, I feel like that's what they've built in uh, all of us.
0: It's like, that's fine. I mean, the only disappointing part about that comparison is that uh, Ron Wotus is gone. And, you know, he's a dead ringer for Mark Harmon. (laughs) So, I mean, that really would have driven it home. NCIS San Francisco, they never did that. They never did it. And it was right there. <laughs> it was right
1: there. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I, so that's what I think about when I think about the the Giants at all. At this point, if we if we had done a preseason prediction show, I, I would have been different. I mean, we would have definitely been going through all 107 games, this or that. They've figured out some secret sauce, and and this or that, and you know that that's great because that's what 107 wins would do for the enthusiasm. Uh, but now that we watch them, it's like, I'm not like worried about them, <laughs> like falling into the ocean or anything, uh, unless it's by Max Muncy's hand, then I might.
0: He would do it. He, he would, would do it.
1: <laughs> He's like, don't make me bury you in the ocean. That's a bay, Max. We don't need to get in the nitty gritty and like go through every series. That's dumb. But <laughs> what are what are your thoughts on that? Like if I just
0: throw out there like what if they are just 25 and 15? We're going to be fine with that, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, if you go 25 and 15 over any 40 game stretch in the majors, you should basically be happy with that. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you you extend that out to 160 game season. That's 40 games over over 500. That's 101 and 61. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, you would be happy with that. Yeah. and uh, I hope that happens. I would be very happy with that. But
1: uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem like 20 and 20 is where it's going to wind up if it's 21, 19, 23 and 17, 22 and 18 like it is probably going to be by the time you're listening to this i don't know uh, it's i don't think they're built for average i think they everything they have everything that they're that's built and i'm not just i hope everyone has internalized the, at least this part of the entire revision re-envisioning of the Giants when the giants are being built, it's not just the players on the field. It's the coaches in the dugout. It's the coaches in the clubhouse. You can't go into the dugout. It's the front office staff. Uh, it's all that is part is, is pushing towards what's on the field. And so I just don't think they're capable uh, again, barring injury, something unexpected that they can't cover. I don't just see them being a 500 team.
0: No, I mean, the thing is that, um, If you remember 2019, the first few months of the season, there was like a revolving door of guys that kept calling up, sending down, calling up, sending down. And it was, uh, well, it was convenient for me because I was covering some of those games. And so writing up a guy's first day in the majors is very easy as a pregame story. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate it on that level. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, you know, as a fan, you're like, well, what happened to that other guy? Why is is there this new, what, what happened to this? I didn't even finish asking about this new guy and he's already gone. Um, and the reason that uh, that Farhan was doing that was that the team wasn't good enough, and he, so he will take any opportunity to improve the team. Uh, if a guy is not doing well, he will find a solution to get a guy who who might be better into the lineup. So that's why I'm not that worried about the team now that the foundation is a little stronger than it was that year, uh, because this run office has historically shown that they're good at finding players who can. Uh, who can come in and contribute when somebody else isn't. And so right now, you know, Evan Longoria is not contributing. Um, and so not to say they'll cut him, but they will they will figure something out to get someone, to get Wilmer Flores in at third base every day.
1: Thank you. I was just going to say, uh, I have an idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, then they'll, they'll pick some spots for Longoria. They will work on him behind the scenes, try to slowly rebuild uh, whatever he, what he was in the first, for the first couple months in 2021, when he was like a legitimately great hitter again. But, you know, for now they're not going to be satisfied with the status quo because they always want to push. That is sort of their personality as a front office, as an organization, as a coaching staff. So I'm not worried about them just sticking with, you know, in 2009, right. The Giants stuck with Randy Wynn all year, even though Randy Wynn was done. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not worried about them doing that. And I think that they will find a way to at least put a competitive product on the field over the next couple months.
1: With the Longoria thing, what struck me that I didn't don't recall reading anywhere is it seems that he and uh, lestella were rushed back, not rushed back that they came back maybe quicker than they the team could let them keep rehabbing. That was my sense. My sense was they weren't coming up on any rehab um, time periods that a player can be down rehabbing. Am I wrong about that? I'm not sure. No, I I think,
0: um, I don't think their time is up.
1: Yeah. So I, to me, when I think about Longoria, yeah, he, I thought he was cooked. And then last year he was great. uh, And then when he was not playing well, it really hurt them. And when he was out, it really hurt them. Um, To me, it just seems like between the short spring training and then he and Lastella not getting that much ramp up time. You know what I mean? Like they just haven't played enough. And exactly, I hope that's what it is with him um because they're kind of locked in and to your point about they'll make changes when they have to that's why you get guys that you can option easily that's what we're talking about that's what they're talking about when they're talking about all the way to the 26th man I, what but I also think that it's impossible for there not to be some sort of a hierarchy priority list. you're going to get Brandon Crawford more time you know what I mean like you're yeah th- there's just players that you're committed to. Uh, for one reason or another, financially or, you know, their value in other areas, if they're not performing in this area, you know, you're probably going to stick with Tyro Estrada if for nothing else, he's going to be, uh he's going to be starting switched out or your late game defensive replacement, whatever it is. But Luis Gonzalez, he's probably going to get sent down another time. So between all that, that's why I sit there and I go, yeah, 25 and 15, that would be great. Uh, but even then, I'm, I'm not even thinking like I guess 21 and 19 or 20 and 20 would would to them be a disappointment. And when I look at the when I look at the opponents, uh, I can see how something goes wrong. You know, the Marlins are playing better this year. The Tigers are supposed to be playing better. This we're supposed to be better this year. They haven't really uh, gotten going in that regard. But they're sort of like the Reds. I think last year, both teams got very slow starts. Uh, I think both, I think both teams had really bad, not the reds. Cause reds would have been the sixth playoff spot. I think the tigers had sort of a red situation last year where they were terrible in the first month. And then they basically had a winning record the whole rest of the season. And everyone thought that was going to carry them into this season. That hasn't happened yet. The reds are sort of doing what the tigers are doing, at least very briefly in may where they're starting off slow and now they're taking off. So you never know. Things can come back and surprise you. Um, uh player teams can come and surprise you the white Sox, d backs those are tough teams one last point on the next 40 games you know the giants i think they're designed to just get into the playoffs i think they knew they projected you know oh, this extra wild card spot that's a great boon for us because we don't have to stress about replacing buster posey because the team we have right now even if we fall off a cliff on from what we won last year, you know, 85 to 90 games or 90 wins, which is still a lot of wins, you know, that, that could get us into the playoffs. I guess what I'm, why I'm bringing all this up is like, they're, they're comfortably in the playoff mix right now, but like the Braves haven't gotten going, the Phillies haven't made a run. uh, You know, the Mets are, could melt down and not win that division. (laughs) I don't know.
0: Um, I believe in in the Mets' ability to (laughs) meltdown.
1: But those are three teams from one division, the Giants, Padres, and Dodgers, three teams from another. That's six right there. You know, we got the Central, you know, there's the Cardinals and the Brewers. So some team's going to get left holding the bag. You'd think it would be the Phillies. I mean, it's usually Uh, the
0: Phillies and the Mets, right?
1: That's right. That's how it usually works. And you have to like the Giants versus the field in terms of intelligence. Um the Dodgers the Dodgers could just get Juan Soto? We we haven't we didn't discuss that possibility.
0: Yeah, they could that, just they could just call up. The Nationals like, "Pretty please." Yeah. Pretty remember, please. Just just do us a yeah. solid, guys. Member member when we traded for Trey
1: Turner? Member? Remember that? And Max Scherzer, can we just do that again? <laughs> the Nationals yeah. are like, "Sure. Why not?" Uh, so it could go, it could go sideways very, very quickly. Oh, I had a whole thing. We're not going to talk about, it. we're going to sign off now. I had a whole thing though, in the shower about, well, if the Giants are CBS, then who are whatever, whatever. And, uh, basically, uh, the angels are Netflix and, uh, and the, Do- the Dodgers are Hulu. That was where I came down on that. And if you want to know more about that, you can at, at McCroncast on Twitter, and you can ask that question and I'll answer it. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode.
0: Doug, please plug your writing. If you want to read more of my writing or any of my writing, because this isn't writing, this is a podcast. If you want to read my writing, go to giantsdoug.substack.com, where I write twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 9 a.m. It goes out. Everyone loves it. Uh, I get so many messages from people. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this well it's a,
1: it's a great read and if you like that smooth Doug style you'll find it there that's <laughs> right alright well thanks again for listening go Giants go Giants